Welcome to the podcast, From Our Home to Yours, with Nancy Campbell, founder and publisher of Above Rubies. It's where we learn to forgive in that home. Welcome again to the podcast, From Our Home to Yours. Good to be with you again. And I have Alison Hartman with me again. We've still got more to talk about. Uh, now, Alison, I'd love you to tell the ladies uh, about your home. Now, you're debt-free, aren't you? We are. Yes. Well, how did you get to that? Was it hard work? It was a lot of hard work and a lot of sacrifice. Um, yes, so... When we had a house mortgage, um, my husband really, really desired to pay that off as quickly as possible. Uh, he had read a book um, by Dave Ramsey, just uh, just talking about not being a slave to debt. And um, so we went ahead and paid our mortgage off uh, within about 11 years. Yeah. And how did you do that? I mean, well, how did, we, usually it's so easy to just life. I mean, sure. usually life just sure. takes all your money. How yeah. did you pay it off? Well, so you only have two options in life. You can either make more or spend less. And we kind of try to do both. Um, we, we don't spend money on things that a lot of people spend money on. Uh, you know, there, there's, there's such a fallacy that children each child you have, you know, you can't afford more. Well, that's not, that's not true. That's not what people spend money on. People spend money on things that, uh, you know, that they, they think that they need or someone else has that they need, you know, and, uh, and if they don't have the money for it, they just put it on a card or, or go into debt or, um, you know, get a loan for it. And I think being out of debt is a mentality. It's a decision that you have to make um, just like I, you know, like we were talking this morning in family devotion, sometimes you don't feel like doing certain things. Um, uh, even in marriage, you know, mm. or as a mom, you don't feel like sometimes getting up and, and doing, doing the right thing. And the same thing with, with spending money. Uh, so many people spend money out of emotion and, uh, you know, they just kind of justify it away. But for us, the the end result was way more important than um, uh, than having the niceties in this world. Yes. We don't ever don't ever buy anything new. Mm. Uh, even to this day, no matter and I think we will continue. No matter how much money we do or don't have, we will still. And we get kind of teased with our family about this, but we are completely okay with buying things at garage sales almost everything we own is from yeah. a garage sale or yeah. or a thrift store or it's actually far more fun it's so fun and you get you know 10 cents on the dollar mm. but again so when we paid our house off then we wanted to build obviously because our house was quite small for having six children in it and so we ended up um buying some land and building on that land. And that land had a little teeny tiny house on it. So we decided to sell our house that was paid for. 
and use that money to build our house debt free. And so we were able to do it. We did it in two years, definitely without sacrifice. We we lived. I was um, I had my seventh child there, so we had seven children in about 800 square feet. Uh, we had one tiny bathroom that had you know um, pretty rough plumbing and that kind of thing. Um, but it's so funny because we made so many memories in that house, mm-hmm. and I don't think you know none of my children look back on that and think that we were. Um, we were really missing out on anything. We had a great yard and we had lots of entertainment um, going on. Um, But because we were, we did that. You know, children don't really care whether you live in some big flesh palatial home or just in a very humble home. It's children don't even care about it. They don't. In fact, they don't even want a bedroom of their own. Oh, goodness. That is, that is this so is true. A, I mean, today in our Western culture, oh, we can't have too many children because they all need their own bedroom. Well, children hate their own bedroom. That's right. It may be different when they grow older or if they've been brought up in a, you know, two-child family and have just, you know, that's how they've been catered to. But most children love company yes they love their brothers and sisters they just want to be with them they're so much happier and some parents have a terrible time sending their children to bed because they're going to some lonely room all on their own and they don't want to do that so much easier if they're going with a whole pile of other children right they love it i mean it's so great yes yes absolutely i agree um, so when we finally um, built our house, uh, then we um, we were able to rent out that little house that we were in. So that provides a little income. Um, but again, we, you know, and then when we started our business, a lot of people even encouraged us to, you know, get a loan so that you can buy the best equipment. And we just decided as a couple, that's not what we were going to do. So thankfully, we still had income coming in from uh, he, Dana used to kind of remodel houses. So he continued doing that while we started our business. We didn't just quit. Um, but we would do a job and then use that money to go buy a, a, a light box. And then we would do another job and we would buy another camera. And so now we pretty much have the best of the best equipment. Um, but everything is ours. We own every, you know, we own it. No one can take it from us. We don't pay interest on it. Um, and I think we're we're passing down this concept to our children that is so valuable. If 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 I could get each of them to start their marriages with yes. with that concept, that mindset, um, mm. the, the uh, you know just not to be a slave. Now I know I know there's times where sometimes you know the car breaks down and you really don't have the money, and there's times where maybe it's necessary, but. You know, for the most part, if you could use that rule of thumb to not buy it unless you have it, then you're you're going to be way better off for it. Mm, absolutely, yes. So, and now, and with your home, you just you know did each bit as you were able to afford. We did, it. we did, yes. and it was frustrating. I mean, there were days where I thought, oh, let's just take a loan and finish it, but. We didn't, and your husband held my husband strong, said, "Yes, we are not going to." And I'm, I'm glad, yeah. I'm so glad that I let him. That was his dream yeah. was to build a house himself, debt free. And we, we had a few. We hired out um, 
sheetrock and we did it ICF. So we, of course, had to hire people to do the ICF part of it. But for the most part, the plumbing, the electrical, the uh, HVAC, um, most of it we did ourselves, yeah. which is so special. And we're, yeah. you know, you can definitely um, take pride in your house and yeah. um, that you did it all yourself. Yeah, so, so wonderful. Oh, it's been just so great having you mm. on this podcast, this Alison. And more, of course, is just having you and your whole family with oh. us this last week. It's just been such a joy. And such a joy to have their 10 children in our home uh, because they're all just so amazing, so helpful, so polite, and uh, get stuck in and help wherever they can. <laughs> and uh, now I think what we'll do now is um, we'll interview McKenna. McKenna is uh, Alison's oldest daughter. She is 19 years of age, and I've had to uh, haul her off the volleyball court because that's where they've all been living this last week. And uh, anyway, uh, we're going to uh, just talk to McKenna. I think it's lovely to just talk to young people who have such a heart for God and know where they're going and just want to walk in truth. And McKenna's one of those young women. Um, now, McKenna, as we have talked from, you know, we've often talked together and and uh, because you've been around so many young people and, and you went to college for a while and and uh, you've just so noticed the mindset of young people today not even in the secular world, but even in the homeschooling world. And uh, so maybe you could just share a few of your thoughts about these things. Yes. Um, I would say I've encountered um, many, uh, just a couple of my friends and people that I've had conversations with, um, Christians at that and praying Christians that love the Lord so much. But they go and they... They say, oh, I don't want any children, or oh, I only want two, or um, just certain things that they're not letting God have full control of. And it just saddens my heart that even Christians would have that mindset. So I know for me that um, I don't have any children and I'm not married, but that is something that's strong in my heart to have the Lord completely um, like give everything to the Lord. And so um, it definitely, it hurts me and it wants, uh, I want to talk about it um, and share my ideas and thoughts about how um, it's not just, um, it's not just what the secular world says, but Christ says that we should give everything to him. And even that's, I know I've heard the saying, um, oh, I don't want, I only want two um, and, or I'm getting fixed at two. I only want a boy and a girl, but that's not ultimately our decision. The Lord has complete control over our womb. And, um, I think it's, I think, um, definitely for young people should definitely hear that from even their parents, um, instead of letting the parents, uh, let other children, uh, I guess, uh, explain certain things to their children. I think that they should have complete control over what their children believe. Mm, so. Yes. And, uh, okay, now you're a young person in this world of social media today. Mm -hmm. How does that work in your <laughs> life? Um, social media, 
I think can be used for good and for evil. Um, sometimes what I've seen most for evil, um, it's it really saddens my heart seeing Christian girls not think they're beautiful and not think they're um, worth anything because their friends have posted a picture that they've sort of altered a little bit. Um, so that is really, it's hard for me to see that they don't have any self-worth um, in that aspect. So social media definitely destroys that, but it also can be used for good. I've had many conversations on social media that um, have been beneficial and glorifying to God. Um, and it's definitely a way to interact with girls um, um, and men, just being able to talk to each other without being face-to-face -face and keeping up with friends and missionaries. Um, that's very cool and neat, but it also, the devil is using it to get to, especially girls and their self-esteem is lowered because of what um, they're, I guess, they're viewing themselves as they should be something else, but really they just should be glorifying God and what yes. he's made them. So how much time do you kind of spend? On social media? Yes, and on your um, iPhone. I try to do it as little as possible. Mm. I definitely am very, I know the average teenager is like, hours a yes. day, but I try to do it only at night, yes. or if somebody personally texts me, I'll try to do that, and I just use it for family, mm. um, and then, again, for I like seeing the missionaries and seeing yeah. what they're doing, but I would limit it to about 30 minutes a day, Yeah, that's, no more than that. That's amazing. So. That's so wonderful, and that uh, does that take discipline for you, or just, you know, it's easy? It, no, it takes discipline. Yes. It's yes. very hard, because you... Social media has developed, I mean, it, they're very cunning in the way that they present it. You can just keep going and going and going, and you can waste, yeah. I've wasted hours at one yes. point, and yes. I, I felt guilty about it, and I'm like, I am not doing this again. Yes. Um, and so I would just say that desire of, I want to stay pure, and I want to stay um, controlled in what, I, what I'm doing, because you can, mm. there's so many things that you can um, see on there and you can waste your time on mm. and you don't have any control over it once you've gone far enough mm. and so you just need to be really control of your in control of your mind yes and that's so. such an amazing thing and of course as we learn to discipline ourselves in this area it helps you in disciplining in every area of life that's doesn't true. it yes yes yeah. so what are your plans at this moment for life for life. <laughs> well, I have been um, sort of an adventure going on different businesses um, that I've gone through. Um, I first started with a chocolate business, but I had to start with, uh, keep going on school, so I had to end that. But right now, I'm uh, refinishing furniture. Yeah. And so I've, I find free pieces of furniture, fix them up, and I resell them um, on Craigslist and on Facebook. So I use social media actually yes. as a business as well. Um, so I use that, and then I'm also um, helping my parents in that photography yeah. business. Wonderful. So I'm, and then I'm also, um, I don't, ISR, I'm trying to become an instructor. But that's yes. sort of, I'm praying about that and sort of seeking what I should be doing now. Yes, so. yes, that's so great. It's lovely to hear a young person just speak out of the conviction of her heart. I Don't you love that? <laughs> I, I love that scripture in Psalm 127, which I know you all know, but it's good to read it again because it's one of the family psalms. 
Psalm 127, verse 3, Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. I love that. I think often we forget uh, what we are really seeking to do. We are training children who will grow up to be those who will speak God's truth. Did you notice that word? Speak. There it is. They shall speak with the enemies in the gate. We have so many liberal enemies in our gates today. The gates speak of uh, the the places where the laws are made, the governing places uh, in the White House and Congress and Senate and in the uh, just the governing places of each city and even each little town. There are all people who are sitting in those gates. How we long to get more and more godly young men and women, uh, mostly men, because as women uh, get older, mostly they will uh, be embracing family and uh, pretty difficult to do a job like that and embrace your family at the same time. But there's seasons of life, of course, and older women may venture into this area. But we've got to get our young people into the gates and who will speak. Now, they, they may not get into the gates immediately, but they can learn to speak just as McKenna is speaking her heart and, and, uh, not afraid when she's talking with other young people, even if they don't agree with her, to speak her heart and to hold fast to her convictions. So be encouraged today. Dear ladies, as you are training your children and uh, as you are enjoying them, because did you notice also that it says, happy is the man? Well, it's talking about the man in this scripture. It's actually a mighty warrior. Uh, God intends husbands and fathers to be mighty warriors in his kingdom. And as they lead their families, they're not meant to be wimps. They're meant to be mighty warriors. And of course, although it says men are to be so happy, the mighty warriors are so happy if they've got their quiver full, because it's all in the context of war. Uh, When you go out to war, people say, well, Oh, how many children should you have in your quiver? And I've heard people say, well, you know, you can have five arrows in your quiver, maybe. But quivers are all of different sizes. And God gives sovereignly to families uh, different quivers. Some he gives a small quiver, others bigger quivers. But whatever quiver God gives, we've got to fill that quiver and be open to the children God wants to put in that quiver. But I think the main thing we have to keep in our hearts is that when we go out to war, 
when a mighty warrior goes out to war, he wants as many arrows in his quiver as he can get. Because when he's facing the enemy, he wants to have every uh, quiver that he can possibly have and pull out of his quiver to attack the enemy. And so this is how God reveals the family. Every child is another arrow that we are sharpening and we are polishing and we're getting ready to uh, be able to proclaim God's truth and proclaim his ways in the land. It is a powerful thing and you're getting them ready to speak. Now, when we're talking about speaking, I think that's another very important thing too is uh, we get used to the way our children speak. We can understand them. We hear them all the time. And so we know what they're talking about. But a lot of children don't speak clearly. A lot of young people don't speak clearly. Now, I'm getting a little older. I never say I'm old because I feel so young. But as I'm just getting a little older, I find it a little more hard to hear a lot of young people today. Now, some of it could be the fault of my ears, but I know it's not all the fault of my ears because they mumble. They talk so quickly and they just... And I truly don't know what they're talking about. And I believe we should train our children to speak clearly. And if they're not speaking clearly, get them to say it again clearly. Because I believe a lot of the success of our children as they grow older is the way they speak. Because as they go out into the world, people are going to perceive who they are by the way they speak. If they speak clearly, if they speak knowledgeably. And so we're training our children how to speak clearly. We're training them with godly knowledge and good knowledge and uh, that which will enable them to speak amongst people, even those who are in the gates. Uh, They can speak with anyone. They can speak with those who are poor and uh, those who are from the humble uh, places in society. They're not too mighty and proud to speak to them, to show them love, to bring the gospel to them, but they are also prepared to speak to those who are in the gates and those who may have their master's degrees. Uh, But we can prepare our children with good knowledge, Bible knowledge, good conservative political knowledge and understanding. So they understand uh, how life works, how a country should work, and they can speak knowledgeably, and that they will also have understanding of the times. I love the description of the tribe of Issachar. And it said the tribe of Issachar, one of the 12 tribes of Israel, had 
understanding of the times to know what Israel should do. Don't you like that? Now that's something we are training our children for. We are preparing them to have understanding of the times, the times we are living in now, 2018, to understand these times, to understand what's going on, to understand politically, and also to have God knowledge, to have his word, because he is the ultimate truth. And people can learn all the things they want at colleges, but it's nothing compared to God's truth. God just laughs at the wisdom of man. The wisdom of man is just foolishness in God's eyes. His truth is eternal. His truth is the only true wisdom. And we've got to fill our children with his truth so that there comes a day when they are going out into this world and they will speak like McKenna's been speaking to you today. Speak and they will speak to just other young people. They'll speak to whoever they meet. They won't be uh, ashamed to share their convictions and to share the truth, the real truth, God's truth. Now, I think this is another little thing that parents often are concerned about. Uh, When we think about homeschooling, I get some people who say, oh, if you're homeschooling, you're just sheltering your children. And I send my children into the school to be witnesses. Well, that sounds so good. But sadly, Most often, those children are not witnesses. Sometimes they may be, but mostly they get witnessed to. They get, uh, what would be the word, brainwashed. They get their brain filled with uh, the things that are not godly. They get their brains filled with uh, liberalism and socialism. And and in the public school today, we are now facing uh, so much of the, uh, the gender-neutral teaching and the bringing in even of the gay agenda and the bringing in even of Islamic culture. All this is coming into our public schools and our precious children go there for so many hours a day to be indoctrinated and to be brainwashed. No, we have the opportunity to pour into them real true godly knowledge and wisdom from God and from his word. So they are going to be ready because we're not going to keep them sheltered forever. Yes, we are going to keep them sheltered when they're young because they're not ready yet to go out. They are too vulnerable. They can be too infiltrated with things that, wow, they're if they don't get them out of their brains, they're never going to be able to know true uh, truth. Uh, but we don't hibernate our children forever. No, we are training them to send them out. 
We are training them to send them out into this world to impact this world for God. But we're going to get them ready first. Because as the Bible says, as Jesus himself said, he said, I send you out as lambs among the wolves. Now, what do wolves do? They tear lambs to pieces. They'll tear them to bits. And there'll come a time when our precious young people will have to go out and face things in this world. And even as they speak the truth, they can have those who'll be trying to tear them to bits. But they can stand their ground if they are prepared, if they're filled with truth, if they're filled with God's word, if they know and they have the boldness to speak, speak, speak. This is what we're preparing them to do, to speak, to get them ready so that when they go out and face the wolves, they can do it. And uh, so be encouraged today, dear mothers. You are doing greatest job in this whole nation. Oh my, you are preparing children to go out and to speak and proclaim truth. And you are determining the future of this nation. There is no greater career than what you are doing. Nothing. Nothing is greater than preparing children. Now, I've still got Alison here uh, in the room. She is preparing 10 children and hoping the Lord will give her some more. She's got McKenna prepared and ready to go out. Anything more you want to say, McKenna or Alison, that you'd love to say to the ladies? Wow. Come closer. You've got to speak right in here. By the way, ladies, we're not in our normal podcast room today. I hope this is going to be clear and you're going to hear it because Arden, who does the podcast, was just all of a sudden, he had to go to hospital because of an infection in his pick. And so we are so missing him today. So you come right in here. I just I just think um, we, we were out at a park one day and we saw some children from a school and they had these shirts on and the shirt said, follow. And then on the back, it says the leader. And so their, their, their whole school motto was to teach these children to follow the leader. And I just, I looked at mine and I thought, no, I don't want to teach my children to follow the leader. I want to teach my children to be the leader. Amen. Don't you love that? Is that what you're doing, dear mother? I want to raise world changers and Mm. and I'm not going to be able to do it if they're all running around and going here and there Mm. with their friends. And there's nothing wrong Mm. with having friends, Mm. but but be the house that all their friends come to and let them... Let your children be the leaders and the the um, the ones that other children want to follow. And um, of course, you you want to be instilling in them good things so that they are leading other children, um, you know, to to things that are godly and not leading them to to things that they shouldn't be doing or looking at. But I am I'm so encouraged um, this past week to to be able to sit in. 
in y'all's home and watch. You know, I've been to many retreats where you get up and talk about having family devotions, but we've actually got to sit at the meal table and watch Mr. Colin, even if he's not feeling well or he's tired and he still just continues to um, to stay steady with the family devotions. And so he's been such an encouragement to to Daniel to, to take that role. Sometimes it's hard when you're raising a family to really um, practice what, what you've been preaching. And, um, every time I come here, I think I can, you know, we can do this because the fruit's worth it. Yes. Amen. I think sometimes we had about 16, we squashed about <laughs> yeah. 16 of us around the table. But they loved we? it. They loved yes. it. Yes. So. Well, I would say that um, just being a part of a big family, um, I can see the benefits of um, what my parents have sort of instilled in me and what my parents have done. So if you are a mother with little children, you can sort of see the end result. I would say that um, one thing that my parents have always, and Miss Nancy has said, that you're not training children, you're training leaders, and you're training children to go out um, to the world, and you don't want to enforce them to go out until they're ready, but you'll know when when they're ready. But I think the greatest thing that my dad's ever done is he he just has conversations with us and he mm. asks us what we believe. And we're we he um is wanting us to have an opinion and he's wanting mm. us to have um sort of debating aside. <laughs> we debate. We yes. we love debating. We do too. <laughs> so we love having our own opinions, yeah. but that's training us to yes. go out and fight for what we believe what's yeah. right. And I think uh, um some people um they might be pacifists and they don't like to get into a quarrel sometimes, but I know my family we have something we strongly believe in and my dad has taught us to fight for what we believe even as young young children um and sometimes it gets crazy but um my dad and I have had wonderful very long conversations about politics and religion um and just being able to go to my dad and say hey this scripture says this and I'm not really sure what it is but he always gives me his his, his opinion and then he says go you need to read the scriptures and you need to find out what you believe rather than just obeying and listening to me. So I think that's probably the greatest thing that my parents have done, training us to be leaders and just giving us the responsibility that um, can grow us as an, uh, as an accomplished adult, um, not just doing it all for us. One thing Daniel says all the time in, in probably one of his favorite sayings is ideas have consequences. Mm. Uh, what you put in, you will get out at some point. And so it's so important to make sure that the ideas that you're putting in your children's heads or ideas other people are putting in their their heads are ideas that you want them to hear because they mm. will uh, it will yes. shape who they are. Oh, you absolutely. know, just the little think about little things, you know, that I've picked up along the way, good and bad. Oh, it's amazing. I mean, just just the size of our family or, or what we've done with our family is just a little idea that you planted in me years ago at a ladies retreat. Mm -hmm. um, had I not gone to that or, you know, it's just um, it's just amazing how um, mm -hmm. how how we can really shape our our children by putting good ideas in their in their heads. Absolutely. And this is why I love the family meal table because it's the time when uh, we are together as a family. You have other times throughout the day, but uh, sometimes you're not all together. The family meal table is somehow food brings us together because we all want to 
eat. And you're a wonderful cook. Oh, thank wonderful you. Cook. Thank you. Well, I see, I love the fact that you were talking about debating and, um, you know, we usually at our table, especially when we were raising our children, I would bring a question or a subject to talk about at the table from the scriptures or political or geographical or, or just every subject on earth. And uh, so then we would begin to debate uh, and uh, discuss, but I guess it really was a little bit of debating too because every one of our children were always very opinionated and they all wanted to say their piece and Colin would have to be the umpire and sometimes <laughs> I've seen them get up on their chair waving their fingers to get across their um, their belief and what they believe about this scripture or what they believe about this subject. And um, But, you know, it was so exciting and so wonderful and nobody wanted to miss the family meal table and it was where they could, uh, you know, talk out their uh, ideas and uh, get them straightened out if they were wrong, uh, but enforced if they were right. And uh, so we need to give our families these opportunities for, you know, this uh, this dialogue together and uh, discussing or perhaps even debating. <laughs> yes. Well, may the Lord bless you again, my dear precious mothers. Uh, let me pray for you. Dear Father, we just thank you that we can have these beautiful opportunities to just talk about family and about your ways. I pray that you will give each mother a vision, a vision beyond what she's ever had before, to raise children who are leaders, not followers, to raise children who will influence others rather than being influenced by the crowd. Lord God, to raise children who will be strong in the truth. And even when this truth is attacked, that they will stand and they will continue standing. Oh God, I pray that you will help all of us as mothers and grandmothers to become stronger in the truth ourselves and bolder in the truth ourselves, that we will pass that on to our children and we will raise children who will come forth to speak truth in the gates of our cities and of our land and wherever they go. Oh God, I just ask your anointing on every precious mother today. Strengthen her and enlarge her vision and fill her with joy. Oh God, as she mothers and trains her children in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.